We have two of our seniors are gonna read our scripture today. Before we hear our word, let us look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you surely know all the days of our lives, as Claire just said, and that you are always at work. So God, as we read this ancient text, which was written so long ago, may it give us insight for our lives today. God, may it give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. And then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land for these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Go and, er, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and shall be near me you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank y'all. I want you to think with me for a moment about what in your life has impacted you the most? Was it your parents, or a coach, or a teacher? Maybe it's something you saw. During opening weekend three weeks ago, almost 40 million people watched Avengers Endgame. People were in this movie, y'all, and they were weeping. And then rejoicing also, but this movie impacted people's lives. Or maybe it's something you've been super committed to. Like the billion people that are impacted almost daily by this phenomenon. So if you don't know, if you're, if you're thinking, I've never seen that before, um, this, is, this is a dance that is in the video game Fortnite. It is literally swept our world with this phenomenon. And, and I have to tell you, it has affected the right household a little bit. <laughs> or maybe a current event. And, and I, I would love to hear from the students individually, and maybe you can ask them after when we greet the seniors in the parlor. But, you know, after every school shooting, I kind of, every day of the week after that, I feel like my life has been impacted a little bit. So there, when I was reflecting on these things, there really are very few things, though, 
that impact our lives from birth until death. But one thing I know is that God is in the impact business. And one of the, the brilliant things that we do in infant baptism is we say that even before that, that child even can say mama or daddy or knows who God is, that God is all over that child's life. And what I want us to do today is kind of reflect looking at the story of Joseph about how God is at work in our lives throughout, even when we do not see it. And that hopefully as you take a moment to think about where God is at work in your life, that it might offer you hope today. Because I don't know about you, but I could sure use a renewed sense of hope. Amen? I can't think of a better biblical character that sets an example for us than Joseph. Joseph is a mess. He is the youngest of these sons of Jacob. He's loved by his father. Um, and then at 17, he shows up on the scene, and he is, he, it turns out he has this gift. We talked about this a little bit last week. He has this gift of being able to interpret dreams. And so he predicts this dream for his brothers that they will bow down to him, and they just can't handle it. They absolutely despise him. It's how, the scripture reads that he ha they hated him because of his words and his dreams, and so one day, when Joseph is out with the flocks, they come up with a plan. They're going to kill him. But then their conscience of, of one of the brothers, Reuben, it, it says, we can't do that, so let's just throw him in a pit. So actually, the, the word that's used there in our translation says they throw him into a cistern, this huge, huge, empty well, and they're going to leave him there. But then they see this group uh, this caravan of traveling Ishmaelites, this caravan of traveling Egyptians heading towards there, and they decide, you know what, let's just sell him. So they sell their brother for 20 pieces of silver. Gets out of the pit, he's gone. He is completely abandoned, sold. They get back to their father. The father says, where is Joseph, my beloved child? And, and they say, he's died. So at this point, the father thinks that this child has died. In an unexpected turn of events, Joseph gets to Egypt, and this, this gift that he had to be able to interpret dreams, he's able to use it for his benefit, and, and he, he falls into really good standing with Pharaoh. But like every good um, story in, in the Bible, he has his ups and downs, and he's accused of sleeping with his boss's wife, and he spends some time in prison. While he's in prison, his gift of having and interpreting dreams is used to gain favor once again. During the famine, people are coming to Egypt because they are the only ones who were prepared for it. Because see, when, G when Joseph was in the prison, the Pharaoh has a dream about some skinny and some fat cows. We're going to talk about that in a second. And, and Joseph says, oh, no, we need to prepare. The, the skinny cows mean that we're about to have a famine. And so because of this, the whole area of the Middle East undergoes this famine, and the only country that's prepared is Egypt. So before the story that we read today, Joseph's family back in Israel, they're having a problem because there's no food. And so their father says, you need to go into Egypt because I've heard that they are prepared. And so they head off, all the brothers head off going to Egypt, but they have no idea who is leading Egypt. And so then we see that from birth to death, 
the story of Joseph demonstrates that God was at work in the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of so many times when it seemed like God's work was done, or he was just going to be in a pit, or he was just abandoned, or now he's, he's just ruling a country. And from this story, we are going to see how God uses the circumstances and the people of our lives to impact the kingdom. And the first way that God does that is through our families. Joseph is very good company for all of us who think that we have some dysfunction in our family. That's right, all of us do, okay? Tell the, tell the truth, tell the truth, shame the devil. Um, this is the real housewives of Israel that we're dealing with here. But it's a show, look it up, it's a real show. Okay, have you been disappointed by your family? Have you felt like someone didn't support a decision that you wanted to make or they went against a decision you wanted them to make? I think all of us can say that we have been in that position where our family has disappointed us, but I don't know about being abandoned by my family, being sold as a slave. That's a pretty extreme example, but I want you to see again, what is Joseph's reaction the first time he has to confront those that betrayed him, the first time he has to face up to what they have done to him. Listen to what happens. Joseph says, send everyone away from me. And so no one stayed with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Can you even imagine? He wept as a grown man so loudly that everybody in the area heard his tears. Before him stand the very people, the flesh and blood that sold him into slavery just because they didn't like how his father was treating them. Some of us have had family turn on us. Some of us have had family not support decisions that we've made, but I know all of us have had family disappoint us. The family that you have been born into or adopted into or married into has bad things, it has good things, it has troubling things, it has things for which we can be so grateful of the successes, but all of these are used by God to impact our lives, to mold and shape us into the godly people that God desires for us to be. One of my favorite relevant authors, his name is Frederick Beekner. He's a 21st century theologian, and he is writing about the complexity of the human family. This is what he says. He says, picture a row of houses on a street, and in every one of them, the same drama is going on the human drama, but in each of them, a unique drama is also going on. Though the wood walls are so thin that you can hear a baby's cry through them, they are solid enough to block out the world. It is every christening and every commencement, every falling in love, every fight, every departure and return. It is the moment at breakfast when for some reason someone gets up and leaves the table. It is waiting up in the middle of the night for that phone call or it is getting that phone call that one dreads. 
It is within the fragile yet formidable walls of your own family that you learn or you do not learn what it means to be family. Friends, what would it look like if all of us were to reflect on those moments in our lives with our families, the really awful things, the really amazing things, and realize that all of those God will use to impact us. When Joseph is confronted with this reality of, oh my gosh, these brothers are coming and asking of us, of me, after these years of abandonment, he doesn't just say, okay, he weeps. He weeps so loudly that all of Egypt hears him. And yet, in that moment, God worked through those wounds and those disappointments. This is what I want you to hear from this text. God uses our families, the happy and the sad moments, to impact our lives for good. But God also uses pit experiences to impact our lives. Now, before we dive into the pit with Joseph, I want to be really, really clear about something that I think is fundamental to our Christian faith. And honestly, it is something that those outside the Christian faith want to use against us. God does not cause pit experiences. God did not look from on high and decide, you know what? Joseph is prideful. Joseph doesn't know how to use his gift well. I'm going to have him be sold into slavery by his brothers. The scripture is very clear. The scripture says that it was the brothers' choice to do that. It was of their own free will. Jesus was so clear in the New Testament, in this world, as believers, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. When Joseph is revealing himself to his brothers, he reminds them in that moment, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. See, Joseph has realized that as awful, lonely, and scary as that experience was, God is going to do something amazing out of it. But how many of you, when you hear that, are like me, and I think, ah, God, I don't know. Why do you have to use pit experiences to shape me? I mean, what about some amazing experiences to shape me? You know, like celebrations and commencements, and why aren't those the ones? You see, God gave us free will, and I think that in that understanding of free will, God said, you know what? I am going to make sure that when they mess up, when the world disappoints, that evil never has the last word. God says, you know, all of those things that happen within our lives that are frustrating and disappointing, whether intentional or not, I'm going to use it for good. Now, let's be honest. I, I do realize that not all of our pit experiences end up with a reunited family in seven years of plenty. Some of you might find yourself at the bottom of a pit right now. Or maybe you just got out and it's only a couple steps behind you or you are just waiting for the next one in front. I want to be sure that you don't hear me saying, oh, just keep your chin up. It's all always going to turn out fine. The truth is it might not turn out fine. It might not turn out as you had expected it and it's definitely not going to turn out in our timeline. 
But this is what we know, and this is the truth of the scripture, is that God is always at work, and God will not let evil have the last word. One of my favorite bands, U2, in the 80s and 90s, when they would finish their concerts, they always finished with their song called 40, which is from Psalm 40. And when they, when they shared that song, they were speaking out of their own story because they're from Northern Ireland and where there's always been so much conflict, but especially in the 80s. And listen to what they would sing. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. How long to sing this song? How long to sing this song? God will hear your cries, friends. And at WHPC, here at this church, I want you to know that we will sing it with you. We will sing how long with you. We will get into the pit with you. This is what I want you to hear from the text. God will use those pit experiences to bring about growth in you and in the kingdom. Lastly, God uses our gifts to impact the world. Remember that this gift that Joseph has been given when he was young, it didn't go so well for him. It got into a lot of trouble. Well, when he was in prison, like I said, God used this gift to change the world. Pharaoh started having these crazy dreams. He dreamt of cows, cows that were skinny and and cows that were fat. And Joseph interpreted these dreams and let Pharaoh know what this meant. It meant that there was a famine coming. And so we needed to spend time storing up so that we would be prepared. Because of this, the people of Egypt were prepared. Because of him using his gift, not only that, but the people of the Middle East were provided for during this time. Now, I know most of us don't have the gift of interpreting dreams. We can leave that to Google. But I know that each of us have been given gifts. And regardless of our age or our stage, God wants to use those gifts to impact the world. I want to speak to our graduating seniors specifically for a moment. Whatever your next step in life is, gap year, college, maybe chasing your dreams. This scripture challenges you to consider what you might feel is a small ability God sees as amazing possibility. You're not moving on in life just as another person is. You are moving on in life as a follower of Christ. You are being sent to go and see where God is at work with you, friends, on your college campus, in your city, Seek out where God is at work and then join God by using your gifts. Are you a writer, a servant, an organizer, an athlete, a musician, maybe a dreamer like Joseph? God wants to use your gifts to impact the world. And to all of us in here, what is your gift Some of you might be thinking, I don't remember what it is. And I think one of the challenges of this text is to remember that some of us might need to be those those people that were in the prison with Joseph that had to say, we need to make sure Pharaoh knows about your gift. We need to make sure people know how gifted you are. And I wonder if the rest of us, we need to be encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ, reminding them 
the gifts that they have and how God wants to use that gift to impact the world. So what's impacting your life and faith these days? Fortnite, Battle Royale, Fox or CNN, family, school, work? Are you in a pit? Are you experiencing success? Know this, God is for sure at work, whether we know it or not. We have the ability to literally impact the world through the way that God has impacted our lives. Just as God was involved from beginning to end with Joseph, even when he could not see it, so too God is at work impacting each of us. The ability of God to impact our lives is not dependent on our knowledge of it. Let me say that again. The impact, the ability for God to impact our lives is not dependent on our knowledge of it. We are committed at WHPC to share this amazing news of Jesus Christ, to be a beacon of hope in the midst of a a lonely world, to be a place that stands for justice in the midst of a world that does not seem fair. And we are going to commit to living this life one day at a time together, pits and all. Will you join with me in impacting the world for God's purposes? Amen.